0: welcome to episode 17 of courtside indiana podcast this is jim reamer welcoming once
1: again to zach tyler zach how was your week and weekend hey sound like a broken record i'm i'm thinking here with swimming and sports events going to the, to the, to those and just relax. Yeah, but now we've
0: got basketball. Yeah. Now we've got basketball.
1: Yes, we do. And I was going to start,
0: I thought about starting it earlier in the day, thinking that I might just like scream. We have basketball, <laughs> but I I don't, as much as I've lived here for, I lived here for 20 years and I still, it's an apartment style condo. So I've got neighbors on, on one side of my wall. I've got neighbors above me. I really don't want them thinking that I'm, crazier than they already think i am right so, uh last week we started off we were entering the period when college coaches or division one coaches could start communicating directly with kids with, with uh, incoming juniors and that made for a busy day but it also made for a busy week so let's start today's podcast as we're as we plan on starting most of our podcasts or at least most of our monday tuesday podcasts with with sort of an update of what we've got offer-wise. So go ahead with that list, and and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go on with the rest of the show. All right.
1: Uh, we'll start with Reggie Bass, where we're still kind of waiting around to see if any of that develops here in Indianapolis. Uh, but he got an offer <laughs> from, from Illinois. Uh, to go along with Reggie, we have Deontay Davis offered by IU. Uh, CJ no. Gunn had a pair of offers, Alabama A&M and Ball State. Uh, Langdon Hatton from North Harrison I don't know much about him But uh, he got an offer from Missouri K- Kansas City uh, DJ Hughes From Lawrence North We talked a little bit about him last week With the Butler offer He got a du- Duquesne offer uh, Rasheed Jones from Marion New Orleans Kamari Lands, Who's at uh, Lalamere right now Syracuse offer Will Loving Watts From down south Got a Wichita State Chris Mantis, up here by me in the region at Lowell, got a Milwaukee offer. Uh, Foster Mefford from Hanover, south or down Southwestern Bethel, offered him. Julian Norris got a couple offers, Middle Tennessee State and Murray State. Blake Sisley got an offer from Samford. Uh, Peter Suter from Carmel, New Orleans, also offered him. And then Leland Walker, we talked a little about him last week as well, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Jalen Washington up here from Gary Westside has been offered by Alabama and Nebraska now. And then Charlie Williams, another Carmel Carmel kid for you, uh, Florida Atlantic.
0: Yeah. Carmel for me, that's right. Uh, the interesting thing with the two Carmel kids is both of them have uh, Indiana connections At not only the head coaching position, but the assistant coaching position. And uh, Schlesinger at New Orleans is a a Southern Indiana guy. Chris Arkenberg, who's their their assistant, is a former assistant of mine. A guy that coached with me for two, three summers. Definitely two full-time summers. One part-time, I think he got a job um, midway through the third year, which took him away, which was great, I mean, great for him. And then Florida Atlantic coach, uh, head coach Dusty May, who's from uh, Eastern Green, played for Bloomington Red back back in the day when uh, that that is now the Indiana Elite program, or at least sort of has eventually evolved into that. Back when I coached with them, uh, Dusty played for one of our teams, and his top assist or one of his assistants, I don't know if it's his top, is Todd Abernathy, uh, former. Uh, his brothers played at Carmel. His dad played at Indiana, and. Uh, coached both of todd's brothers uh, when they were younger his older brothers and and todd has uh, been a longtime college assistant and so it's it's interesting seeing those guys dip into indiana i mean new orleans has has been consistently recruiting indiana kids and florida atlantic under dusty may has just started out so right um, you know the two two quick things on that list one is will Lovings Watts last year he did not finish the year with Jeffersonville. There, there isn't a whole lot of information as to why that happened and there there was a lot of rumor about him enrolling in Clarksville at Clarksville where his some sort of family connection to that school uh, but but I confirmed with him this past week that he has that he is still either still at Jeffersonville or re-enrolled at Jeffersonville. I'm not fully sure without doing a whole lot of questioning. And I don't know that too many people know if he ever left the school for one. Yeah. um, But it was clear he did not finish the year. And then once they got their coaching situation figured out, um, it has since been rumored that, or all the little rumors are put aside. He is staying at Jeffersonville or going to be returning to Jeffersonville. So, um, and I have no clue that his decision had anything to do with coaching just that's how it's played out so um of course uh anthony leal had posted on instagram one night uh welcomed or welcome to bloomington will lovings watts and that sent sent some of basketball internet uh, into like a little frenzy of lovings Watt was going to transfer to bloomington south but that that never happened i don't i don't think that was ever in the cards but but um <clears throat> What do you, what do you want to know about Foster Mefford? So, you know you're a big Bethel guy.
1: Yeah, uh, or are you
0: as much a Bethel guy now that you that know what Ryan's
1: I'm, gone? Not not nearly as much anymore. Okay, I'm still. I mean, I, I I've talked with Coach Draven some, and and I I still stay connected with Coach Daniels, and uh, but other than that, yeah, not not as big. Well, you
0: know Bethel. Draven was a kid I knew that when he played and then he coached at Carmel for a couple of years, an assistant. And his, one of his assistants, Alex Daniel, played for me with a really good class 2005 group that um, he was a big part of, uh, especially at 17 and under. But those guys, uh, you know, Foster's Foster's a nice player. He is probably one of the in that 2021 class, he, he's he's one of the best table setters. In that class, and he's a kid that is really good when he's around other talent because he's 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 got great vision, and he's he never gets sped up. What I which is what I like about him. I went down there to watch them play Jeffersonville during the school year. Probably would not have gone if I knew their other kid. Uh, Mike, I think his name's Michael Williams. I gotta look that up, but Williams was hurt. So they probably weren't going to have nearly the, the chance to win that game is, is what they would have if they'd been full strength. But he was, in that setting, he was almost too passive. Like he needed to look to do more of that game. Oh, okay. You can tell that he is still very much a kid that thrives off getting other people's shots. Sure. And it's not like he doesn't get a chance to score because the cuz the Williams guy draws a lot of attention but he is a kid that I know it's just an offer at this point but but that's a great level for him and he's going to be you know he's he's going to be a guy that can you know really you know be a player that sets sets up his teammates extremely well and and you know it's he's able to play fast he's able to play slow and he's just he's a, he's a uh, he's a tough competitive kid and love watching him play and he's um good size. Uh yeah, definitely. About six one. Yeah, definitely. Six one and a good shooter, but really just thrives at being a creator and being somebody that gets other people's shots. So the rest of that list I I, I do like you know looking at the, the CJ Gunn deal is interesting because he's already got the you know he's already started to get some high major offers uh you know and now you know as much as you want to talk to the, about these kids you know going with fit with Alabama A&M coming in yeah it's good that they're aggressive and and it'll but with the Kansas State offer the Ball State offer um you know it'll be uh, I'm, I'm gonna be curious to see how what direction his recruiting goes with that and um, looking down the list here real quick you know Julian Norris, there's a lot of talk about him possibly being you know possibly being a um, a potential high major kid you know so middle Tennessee state coming in at a, as a solid mid major conference in a solid mid major conference Missouri Valley. Uh, coming in as part of the OVC. Um, but it'll be, um, he's a guy that I think I, I definitely, I need to see more before I know where he fits in. But people down there just love him. Yeah, they went and, they uh, went after Leland Walker too, huh? They did, yeah. Yeah, Middle Tennessee State double offers this week, him and Leland Walker. So uh, the Jalen Washington train just continues. And uh, it's a good pickup for DJ Hughes. Uh, from Duquesne, uh, the Atlantic Ten is, is a great conference. It's always a multi bid league. Um, and but that Butler that Butler offer right now has got to be hard to beat. Yeah, uh, just depending on what he's look what he's looking at. So, um, Brooks Bonheiser, um, you, you did not read that, I nope. The um, the commitment there to Northwestern. You've had have you you've had a chance to see him play. We both have had a chance to see him play. Yeah. Is he going to be, I mean, there's no question he's a high major shooter and as much as he handles the ball for Lafayette Jeff or handled the ball for yeah. Lafayette Jeff, um, I, it's not that he's going to go to Northwestern and be a primary ball handler, but definitely option. a guy who can, you know, definitely a guy who can, you know, handle it well from his position.
1: Yeah. Is is that a good level for him? Yeah, I think, I think so. I'm, I mean, it would have been nice to see him stay in state and go to Butler probably, but, uh, but yeah, Northwestern will be a good spot for him. Can handle the ball like you're saying, shoot it a ton, can get to the basket. Uh, I mean, obviously at that level you're always wondering about how well kids are going to defend, and, uh, well, I guess that's – we'll have to see. Well, it's, yeah, it's just so different because, Jeff, they, they utilize a lot
0: of zone. Right. and a couple of different zones. Um, And not a lot of, at least in, not a lot of man-to-man situations there. But he's, I I like his length. And there's no question his shooting is, I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the class. So, out of this state at least. So, but the, you know, the Butler offer, I think when Jaden Taylor and Pierce Thomas both commit there, I think that kind of quietly dries up. I don't sure. know. I haven't looked at Butler's numbers to see. And he of, of those three, he would be the best shooter. Uh, so, but I don't. I don't think they pass up a chance to take Pierce Thomas. There's there's no way to do that. Right. And 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 Jaden Taylor is a is a competitive kid, a good defender. His skill set's improving. He's he's already a guy that can handle the ball, and. and Make, you know, make plays at that level, uh, Jay. But Taylor, both Taylor and Thomas, both have to continue to work on their shot. Continue to work on their shot mechanics. And and if you've seen a whole, anything of Pierce this past season, this past school season, the the improvement in his shot mechanics are just it is nice to see. So basketball returned on Saturday, uh, at least. Uh, at least from an aau perspective and we played in lafayette you were able to come down saturday to watch those games um the the one thing that i liked about the weekend from a from a coaching perspective was the it it forced us even though we did have some nai level coaches there which was nice and we had some division 3 coaches there which was nice yep yep especially naturally older kids i've coaching right now 15 year olds those schools don't tend to get too involved with guys our age if at all uh we we did play up this past weekend so i think we we did have some people watching us play um it's i know they weren't there specifically to watch us but as i've told my guys at this age it's, it's weird it's one of those weird things when you're coaching 15-year-olds, about the only schools that watch you are, are high majors. And because they're the ones that have the reach, they're the ones that have the ability to offer a kid at that age and have somebody that age commit. Yep. And, you know, I use Butler for an example because back before Butler started their ascension up the ranks and, and going from the feel-good story to basically being consistent winners to moving into the Atlantic 10 to moving into the Big East or becoming part of the new Big East, yeah, I would say that not that many kids in this area before all that grew up wanting to play at Butler, and and now we've got a generation of kids. Here we are, probably 15 years later, where that is the case. We where kids do grow up wanting to play for Butler, but but you know, the first half of my coaching, you know, Butler was this low, maybe mid D1 program that they would they would never recruit they would never watch kids early they would never recruit they would just recruit one one class at a time which is how i explain it to, to my, the families of my players sure. and to my players as well yep so you know it it, it creates that interesting that, that interesting dichotomy where you've got these high majors programs watching you because probably you have maybe a couple of kids that are playing that are going to be able to play at that level or certainly be able to be recruited at that level and then the rest of them think that they're being recruited by high majors and the the reality is no it's not and then it's but it's this past week for incoming juniors where the rubber hits the road and you know a lot of these guys the, the if if you're not getting recruited at the mid to high D1 level it, it can be pretty quiet until you're 17 and under summer yeah so our our guys are just now starting to experience the aspect of being seen by somebody other than just mom and dad. And and I liked how the weekend went at Lafayette. I like how Eric Gardner handled it. Kudos to him. His prep hoop staff. Kudos to Dustin Harvey and the and the Legacy Courts facility up at Lafayette for uh, for putting on a very good very good event. I I enjoyed it. Um and for for what we were trying to get out of it, which was just a couple of games against older kids. And, and being competitive and, and not continually practicing against our other team. Uh, it, it was, it was very much a success. And so, but it was also a chance to, since we're just playing a couple of games, you know, you're not spending the whole day coaching, preparing to coach to get a chance to watch other kids. And then you were able to come down later in the afternoon and watch games. And, yep. and I think we'd like to sp- spend the next, certainly the next 20 to 30 minutes talking about that. And, you know The morning games, the, the best matchups, the, the best matchup of the morning game, the 9 a.m. game, and we're not – I don't plan on going down matchup by matchup, but, but talking about teams rather, was Grand Park Premier's red team, their 2021 red team, which is their top team, versus the Indiana Ice Gold, which is a top team out of Lafayette um, or out of the Lafayette program that Dustin Harvey runs. And it really gave me a chance to see Noah Gordon from Pike in in a different light, where pike has has been um, they're a guard dominant team, usually are and and Noah's one of those guys that at six six is probably that in between level of skill where he looks really good and probably looks really good in a workout and probably looks really good in a setting where there's not a whole lot of defensive scheming going on. And, and that's exactly how it played out Saturday. He was able to put the ball on the floor. He was able to get to the basket. He was able to k- get catches, shoot mid range jump shots and just looked like a different player than what he is when he plays for Pike. And that's not a criticism. Um, he, he's also had four months to work on his game and, and, you know, four months to improve and, and even in this COVID reality where high school gyms have been closed, a lot of these kids have still been able to figure out ways to work out and still figure out ways to play. Right. right? Where us adults are spending our lives being <laughs> responsible and, and, um, or, or uh, vigilant and over vigilant because, you know, we're not kids anymore. So, um, I thought Noah Gordon looked really good. I thought Noah Gordon looked like a kid that's I've always liked his motor. He's definitely a Division two, my mind, Division two forward, power forward, and a, a kid who probably can expand his shot. It may never be, you know, a pick and pop three. You know, a, a pick and pop power forward who can hit threes, but definitely a kid that I I, I thought he looked really good this past weekend. I was really Enjoyed watching him play. I liked him going into it, but he really improved or really impressed me this past weekend. So, um, and then sort of mixed reviews on Lane Ladderball. Same team he plays for Grand Park Premier, twenty twenty one. He is puts up monster numbers at um, South Decatur. Just monster and. They are of the seven seconds or less. They are of the Loyola Marymount version where they are just trying to get as many possessions in a game as they can. They had three guys this past year, averaging anywhere from 18 points per game or higher. And and Lane Lauterbar, who's an incoming senior, 6'5". Just look up his stats for, for South Decatur. If you're listening to this and you, you don't know much about him, his stats are just like off the charts good. And South Decatur had a great year. And he's 6'5, he's skilled. But on this game, in this court, he did not, he doesn't pop, you know? And so that's going to be something for him. And that's why a kid like that should choose to play for the best possible team he can and, and not just stay close to home and play with his buddies. Because it gives him a chance. There's the old adage that, we used to talk about back in the Bloomington red days with, with coach Pryor, and it was his saying, I don't know that he came up with it, but it's definitely one that, that I heard first out of his mouth. The summer stuff gives you a chance to get exposure, but it also gives you a chance to get exposed. And the athletes that he saw in that court that day were better than anybody. He's were more athletic than anybody he's ever faced on his schedule. Barring a couple of kids, maybe at Greensburg, and certainly in his high school practices, and it's it's things you can't, it's things you can't simulate, it's things you can't duplicate. You just have to experience it. And for the first tournament out, it's not like he looked, he didn't look out of place, so that was good for him. Uh, but he didn't. It wasn't something where he came out and popped, and you just looked at him like like we're, were Andrew Wellage, for example, for Greensboro yeah. – any time he's been in that scenario, there was no question he belonged. No doubt, definitely. And you know, Wellage is going to right state. He's a six foot seven inch kid who does a lot of things uh, on the court. Will probably be a three at the Division one level, but also a three who can be a primary ball handler against certain matchups. At the high school level, he was definitely a primary ball handler. Um, louder ball didn't look like that but good shooter can, can score off the dribble for his, you know, at the school level and just didn't get those types of opportunities in this game, but it's first time out, literally the first time. Out. I don't recall who we played with last year. Um, but I was, I was glad to get a chance to watch him play. And I want to watch him again. I he did enough to where you just kind of want to see because he's going to be a kid that this summer is going to prove sort of go a long way to where he's recruited. Um, uh, the other kid that I watched from Indiana ice was Owen Deese, who reportedly has an Evansville offer. Now we'll see where that stands now that they've had all that turmoil down there.
1: Right. Coach LeBlider got that job, didn't he? Is he staying?
0: He did. Yeah, he did. Okay. But you know, the offer came when coach McCarty was the head coach, yeah. uh, you know, when I when they played Carm when Evansville Wrights played Carmel, he did not do much. I mean Carmel obliterated them. Um, and as good of a game as Lander had, he had to work really hard to get it. And you know, Deese, Deese didn't do much. Lander played off the ball. They've got the football player who's their point guard. Who's I know the last time we talked about Lander at length? I couldn't come up with his name, and I still can't come up with his name. I, I could, probably could look it up, but um, why be that prepared, right? Yeah. But but Deese didn't stand out that game, and this game you could see some skill level in him. At six 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 seven, uh, but he just has to. He has to have more of a motor. He just has to. He has to. He has to play harder. He has to be more engaged defensively, and those were just things that weren't on display this past weekend. So you see him uh, as like a three or four at the next level. Can he shoot it at all? He, he's yeah. He's he's got a nice shot. He's got a nice shot. It's not Brooks Barnheiser nice. You know, it's it's not like he's out there. I mean, Barnheiser is just different in that regard. Yeah. But there there's a lot of push from Evansville at one stretch from the Evansville area during one time where Deese was like, you know, the, this, you know, he's just this kid who might be the second best player in the area. And I just, I just don't see it. And it, and again, it doesn't mean he's not a division one player. It just means that the Missouri valleys are going to be a tough grind for him. If, if he's not going to go out and play with a lot more purpose and a lot more ur- urgency than what he's doing, what, what he did this past weekend. Right. And again, watch him in a school team setting, uh, against an extremely disciplined defensive team, he struggled. And the the, the talent is probably there. But you know, but again, if he is motors hard to teach. You know, I, I've learned that over thirty years. It's yep. it's really hard to teach. And it it's um he just, to me, just got. He just has to do more. He, you, you got to look at a kid like that. I mean, or either that or Evansville's got to be going after guys who are being looked at by high major guys. You know, being looked at by high major programs, and and you know, I don't mean to sound like we're killing a kid, um, but part of what we're doing is is trying to be as is forthright and, and as as objective as we can in evaluation, and, and sure. he just he sort of floats in and out of the game and he needs to get better at it. And when you see these other kids just battling, I mean, even the louder ball situation, he didn't pop, but man, he played his butt off, you know, and, and, you know, you look at, you look at Ben Jones, who's also on the same team as Owen Deese, you know, that kid plays hard the entire time. Right. You know, you're going to, you're going to talk about a kid later, Travis Grayson. Yep who there's no quitting that kid. Right. And you know how you can, you you need to just, that's something that a kid can control. And we talk a lot about controlling the controllable. So, and, and real quick on Ben Jones, when he's hitting, when he's shooting the ball well, he's really good. Six, three. And I mean, obviously any player is better when they're hitting shots. So that's (laughs) goes without saying, but, but he's, when I watched him play during the school season, it was just one game. It was early. It was the first game of the year against Lake central. Um. He was just okay that game. Lake Central took control of the game early and, and never looked kinda of never looked back. But um that was sort of my introduction to Nick Anderson. Yeah. Who was wonderful that game. Yeah. And he was by far the best player in that game. And Andrean, defending state champs, came in with three or four viable options. Of course, Tyler Ross, who has since transferred to Lake Central. Uh Jones was a guy that uh that game was, was, was good. But did not shoot the ball well. Nobody for Andrane shot the ball well that game ball well that game. And then this past weekend I thought Ben Jones shot the ball well and and started to show a little bit more about what some of the people were, you know, that really like him were
1: talking about. So Yeah, and I mean I can uh, add a little about Ben. I've seen him a handful yeah, of a handful of times now. And and that's how I've always felt about him too. It's like he he's got this talk about him and, and people bring his name up, but but the games I've seen, he's never scored more than maybe ten or ten or eleven points. And, and like you're saying, he you, you didn't see him shoot the ball well, and that's how I've been too. I've seen come down, hit a couple nice threes, real nice, and then he's cold the rest of the game. But like you also said, he plays his butt off, and he's he's going to make up for some things on defense, and and uh, he can pass the ball as as well. But yeah, uh, it'll be nice to, if he can break out this year and, and have a good senior season and start getting some, uh, recruiting going on.
0: Well, nobody is a bigger fan of his than, than Kyle Ross's father. And and I, and I mean that in a good way. And I mean that sincerely ever since those kids were freshmen, uh, Donnie's been preaching that kid's virtues from the beginning. Sure. And, and I know a lot of it is just relationship between the kids, probably dad to dad, their buddies, um, but you know Kyle's father has always been uh, complimentary of Ben, and 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 always saying this is a kid to watch. And you know when Andrean goes through and has a state championship, and and outside of Ross and maybe Fletcher, they're they're pretty balanced. And and those yeah, you know, and you look at the game against Lake Central, they got beat. Fletcher wasn't playing yet because of football. Okay. And Ross and Ross struggled. And you know, Lake Central came out just on fire. I mean, Andran just really struggled to go, get going. And they they struggled to get going throughout the entire you know, until Christmas. Yeah. It it seemed like. And you know, of course Andrean's one of those programs that comes out as it you know, they play a two A they're the two A level, they go through the state tournament. They could probably lose ten games and still be Uh, you know, still be a team to reckon with come, come tournament time. But, but it was, it was good to see Jones hitting shots. I I don't know that he. you know, it's hard. There's four games at once. You're kind of watching maybe two or three of them at a time. So some of that's timing, but I thought he looked pretty good this past Saturday. And, and um, another kid I liked off that uh, Indiana ice team was uh, Miles McGowan, McGowan from uh, Mooresville, six, six power forward. So, um, another kid I liked off of Grand Park premier was, I'm going to butcher his last name, but, uh, Benny Ogayan uh, from Franklin central just did a really nice job of controlling possessions and, and defensively, he, he was able to turn some defense into offense, but, but then make really good decisions in transition and just completely, completely unselfish kid. And, and it was my first chance to really see him in the summer. I've seen him play a couple of school games. But this was the first time seeing him play uh, at a um, in, in the summer, and he l- he looked awfully good. So, um, moving on real quick to Grand Park Premier's twenty twenty two team. That's the team with Brandon Smith or Braden Smith, sorry. And you know, he, Braden is going to be a guy that, without question, he's a mid major point guard, and without question, he has high major vision. He has high major handles. There will be some question as to size. I think he's getting to a point now. Well, the one thing with him is he's got good length. But I, I think we're getting to a point now where he is, he is going to have a chance to be recruited at the high major level. And not quite at a position where we're going to declare what we think about that yet. I mean, you can. Uh, if you, But you didn't get a chance to watch him play. Nope, I haven't. But... Um, he has to go out in games. And I think at some point just dominate scoring wise. Yeah. That's my recommendation to him. And he, it doesn't have to be consistent. It just has to be, Hey, we're playing Carmel. I'm going to be the big dog in this game. And I'm going to be, the alpha dog and, and the guy that leads us. And he is just this kid who constantly is looking to get everybody involved. And everybody knows that, especially everybody around here. He is entirely fun to watch at all times. He is not only is a great vision, but he's creative with his passes. He's hardly ever out of control. Um, going back to a play that he, he had against Carmel, he drove baseline. He did a 360. He did a 360 drift pass to the opposite corner, and I tell you this day, I was sitting right there on the baseline taking pictures. He had it in his mind the whole time. I'm convinced of it that if if certain if the help came from a certain area, he was going to spin out and and hit whomever in the corner and complete control the whole time. But then you watch him in the sectional, and he spends much of that time where he looks like he's more or less deferring as opposed to being in control of the game. He did struggle with Zionsville's length, The game they won. But he still struggled with their length, and Zionsville sat in the zone the whole game. And they were huge. They're, they were big. So yeah. I mean, a lot of guys will struggle against that length. Yeah. But that's the kind of length he has to show that he won't struggle against if he wants to play you know, at at a high major level. Yeah, definitely. Is he 5'10 for sure, you think? No, he's taller than that now. He's, he's, he's pushing six feet. Uh, He, he, he may be a short, a hair shorter than I am at six feet. Um, But we're, we're getting to a point now where, I mean, look, there's a lot of good big 10 guards. There's a lot of good big East guards who are 6'2 and physical and long and, and probably better athlete than he is. But but don't combine the ability to see the floor and shoot as well as he does. Um, you know, and, and I, if he can get to a point as a junior, he's got two years. I mean, he's not, again, he doesn't have to be, this is not a done, this is not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. If he can have some games where he just utterly just puts them on his back and starts showing that he can do those things, then I think he gets to a point where he's like yeah this kid's a high major guard and, and there's no shame if he's going to be a Mac player if he's going to be you know Missouri Valley there's there's definitely no shame in any of that no, those no. are at all those are you know those are big levels but he does you know he's got high major schools that have called him and they're going to watch him and, and I know I've gotten some phone calls on him and and I love the kid's game I could talk an hour on his game you know but Um, I think it comes down to that: is Can he get in a position where he just absolutely takes over a high school game against a top-notch opponent? Right. And uh, that's tough for a sophomore to do. And, um, you know, so he's got two years to do that. I don't – he's – I love his competitiveness on on defense. And I don't think – He's tapped into his full potential on, on the defensive end of the floor yet. I think he still has this, this part of him that does worry about foul trouble and, and should because <laughs> Westfield needs him to win games. His AAU team needs him to win games. The college level, he's probably not going to be in that position, and I, and I think he's perfectly capable of defending. I'm He's perfectly capable of, of, of upping his defensive potential Without regard to, hey, if I pick up a couple of fouls because I'm too regressive or or I give too much help, um, you know, he, he's not going to get burned as much at the college level as he as he can't afford to ha- have that happen at the high school level is kind of where I'm going with that. So um, his teammate, Cam Hafner, who was brilliant in the sectional, he's a shot maker. He has no fear. Um, God, you know, (laughs) this is not a fair, he's not as good as his dad was at that level. His dad was really good. You know, I grew up watching his dad play, you know, and you can not be as good as his dad and still be really good. So, you know, I don't know, you know, if, if Scott, once it talked about it, that at his dad, Scott Hafner, if you don't know, was recruited to Illinois. He ended up transferring to Evansville where he then scored fifty five points in the game Jeez. and and had a pretty pretty good albeit sh still pretty still short n b a career yeah um <laughs> you know you could you could be not as good as your dad and still be and and your dad be that guy and and still be really good um but his dad went to noblesville which means I'll automatically hate him right um yeah. but no he his uh I at at the age of fourteen, I knew his dad was really darn good. <laughs> I knew that I knew there were going to be more basketball in his future. Uh, Cam was brilliant in the sectional. He, he shot the ball pretty well. He shot the ball extremely well against Carmel. Uh, he's very he's a good athlete. He is very active off the ball, and he continues to show that in the summer. Uh, eventually, I'll get a a dunk of his that I've got on on shooting pictures this past weekend and uh proves the all my camera stuff that we've you and I have talked about it continues to to prove that I'm a, a poor photographer but but I got that one good and uh I got a really, I got a really nice shot of his dunk uh in a, in a game but the the one kid I want to talk to or talk about is uh Cale Vanderbush from Plainfield saw him same team Grand Park Premier 2022 saw him play uh, a couple school games this past year stood out way more in the second game versus Greenfield late in the year, but six, six, really good shooter. And, a, and a, a little bit more athletic than I thought. Now I still have some questions about him laterally because I just didn't get a chance to see much of it at Plainfield. But, but in uh, this past weekend showed a lot more spring was playing at the rim. Driving, rebounding, contesting shots. Uh, tried to dunk on a guy. Uh, was able to get a dunk later. Uh, just a, just an improving player and, and, a, and a nice little sleeper prospect. If you're a Division One, definitely Division Two school, you need to be looking at this kid. And I thought he had a good day on Saturday and. For, for during the school season, um, you know, he was a kid that they do a lot of dribble drive at playing field. He's he's getting a lot of corner three looks. He's posting some for them, as he should. I mean, he's 6'6". He's got a nice body. Um, and I don't know the status of their older kid. I think one of their post players is a junior. Um, but they've got look for him this past this next year as a junior to see his production ramp up a bit but but that was a kid that I was really impressed with and and then moving on to the second sort of tier of games um, some incoming sophomores that I kind of want to touch on I got a chance to see Jordan Woods play and the kid is really tenacious defensively and the the game they were playing they're actually playing our second team at that level, at that age group. And, and he was a menace <laughs> in, in all the right ways. He was a kid that was able to create offense through defense. I didn't see him really have to shoot. The, he didn't shoot the ball from the perimeter very much. He didn't have to that yeah. game. Um, the, I could get into a whole level of disappointment on how that, how our second group played that game, but he exposed them for what what they played that game, which was pretty weak in transition, and and he was spectacular attacking, getting downhill, making plays, and and I really liked him. He was he rebounded extremely well for for a point guard, and it was it was nice to see him play. I got a chance to watch him on tape the um, Price, weekend of regionals. I I watched their sectional game. Yeah, probably saw the same thing there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and. Yep. You know, it's – it's it's um, you, you could definitely see the defensive side of it. You don't get a chance to see much of the, the offensive side because they do have a lot of older kids, including his brother. Yep. Um, but he was impressive. Marcus Anke from Center Grove was impressive. Uh, class of 2023. Again, these are incoming sophomores. Um, and that same game from our grassroots uh, blue team, which is the group – that's the program I run. Uh, Mason Larkin, six seven, power forward from Fountain Central. He's kind of a—he's a—he's a pick and pop guy, and he's a kid that I think eventually will—he'll uh, continue to be a pick and pop power forward, and and he's got to be a kid that really expands his post up game a little bit because he's just—he's too thick, and it's good weight. It's not bad weight, but he—he's just too thick to not. Try to exploit that part of his game in a positive way, and then AJ Dunn from from Yorktown, another incoming sophomore that played well uh, for them, and and uh, then moving on to uh, Indiana game, which is up in your area. Two kids that that kind of stand out. Guy that I hadn't seen much of was from Lake Central was uh, Carson Collin. That's a kid that's about six three, six four. He's a wing. He He's really good. I mean, defensively, he was really impressive. And offensively, I thought he was active. I thought he shot the ball pretty well. Um, he hit a couple of open threes. He's not going to be a guy that dribbles into a three yet, at least. Um thought he finished well in the opportunities he got in transition. But overall, defensively and rebounding-wise, I thought he was – he was a kid that I know he played J V at Lake Central, but but he was a kid that on Saturday I, I just didn't know much about him coming in and and he was really good. He was their best player. And um you know and AJ Lux, TJ son, who I maintain if he can end up being about six five, six six, will be you know a pretty well regarded prospect at the college level um and then Cooper Farrell from Culver Academy 65 and and maybe we'll drift more towards football as he gets older um he's a kid that definitely works on his game it, it's his handles are a little loose but I love his shot mechanics he he does have a good motor especially uh, around the basket rebounding the ball um but his his perimeter skills have continued to expand but um he's a kid that, that he um he played well on Saturday too so um that that kind of covers the games that I saw I don't know um I know you came in at one forty. yep I caught the last for those four. the, the last yeah the last four games and I didn't get a chance to watch much other than just the two games I coached but But what impressed you in those afternoon games?
1: Um, I had a handful of kids here. I wrote some stuff down on about um, the, and I'm not going to really go into uh, who's playing who and stuff, but I'll, I'll fill in some, some of the, the game or the uh, team names here. Uh, The grand park premier, 2021 black team. I got to see them, those guys uh, led by Brody Whitaker who uh, has a Bethel offer? Actually, uh, they kind of t- we kind of talked about this earlier. And, and to me, this was a team that kind of felt like too many guys were trying to do too much. Nobody really had like, right. had a uh, uh, I don't know how to even say it. Like they. Well, everybody wanted to score rather than, than have a, a, a different role than, than that on the team, I guess, is what I was gonna, trying to say. But like we also talked about, this is the first Saturday, so things are still trying to get together for some of these teams, I'm sure, also. But but Brody definitely had a better better second game than he did a first game. Uh, I felt like he attacked more. He hit more shots in the second game. Uh, he, he played well in that second game defensively as well. Um, another person or another kid I got to see that I haven't seen and probably won't get to see again, unless it is a summer game, uh, Bryson Graber from Barreve. He plays for Hoop Zone Elite 2021. Uh, have you gotten to see him play? Did not. Um, no, the
0: didn't see Barreve this year and, and I didn't spend those afternoon games pretty much spent most of it. Just getting prepared for my stuff. Sure. And I wasn't sure if you saw him at Barney. Yeah, you no, know, I did not. No, I didn't really get a chance to get down South this year. Not, not like that. I did. I mean, not toward the Evansville area. Yeah. Um, so that's a real weakness in coverage on our part, but, but, uh, yeah, no, I didn't have a chance to see them play this
1: year. Okay. Well, Bryson's a, he's six, three. They have him listed at 2021 kid plays for hoops only 2021. Uh, kind of kind of he's the kind of guard I would like bigger body uh can still handle the ball really well good decision maker can shoot the ball as well also he plays with uh Hagan Nep, who we've discussed on here before as well uh yep. but I really liked Bryson for that team uh Indiana game 20 select 2021 like we talked about a second ago from up around here uh Evan Bush for them. He played well out of Michigan City. Six five, uh, good body also. Could be a three, maybe at college level. Maybe a four. He can shoot it a little bit. Uh, in, the, in this game, in these games, I saw a little different role than what he is in Michigan City. And I think we find that out a lot in the summer stuff with these kind of kids. Is they're gonna gonna have a little different roles in the summer than they would maybe for their their uh high school teams um on on that same team then flynn carlson he's a victory christian kid out of valparaiso uh and there's another victory christian kid i was going to mention also uh when well, we played him yeah tome tome yeah yeah but
0: carl so carlson he He's more of a face-up guy at 6'7", right? I mean, he comes down. He's part of a group from northern Indiana that comes down and plays in our fall league. Okay. And Tomei as well. But, you know, one of the things I do when putting together the teams. now they came down as a team, so – but one of the things I do when I put together the teams of the kids that just enter individually – is we, we divide up the primary ball handlers and we d- we divide up the size to try to evenly as possible. And then we sort of fill in the gaps sure in between. And so you, you see the six, seven kid from victory Christian, even though he came down as part of a group, you're still trying to parse it out as to, okay, what kind of a player is this kid? Exactly. And, and he's skilled. He shoots the ball. He's, he's, I've not seen him put it on the floor. So I don't know much about that yet, yeah. but, but I thought he shot the ball well. And that, that seems to be his MO. So um, what
1: did he, does he put the ball on the floor at all? Or is he still more of just a catch and shoot guy or, or catch and post guy? Yeah, he's more of, that's what I was going to say. More of catch and post catch and shoot kind of guy he needs to get a little, str- a okay. little stronger, I feel like, but, but the victory Christian kids are kids that that I had heard a little bit about and hadn't got to see, but so it was nice to see him and him and Tomei. Uh, this weekend Tomei can shoot it that's for sure yeah he did against us yeah (laughs) I mean we we won but he played well (laughs) yeah he did um so yeah like I said the victory Christian kids are good to see outside of of uh their schedule which is a little more difficult to see because because of who they play um anybody else on that team I don't think really stood out to me what about Logan Van Essen did yeah, he do much? Uh, not really. No, not that I took note on. Uh,
0: the guy that I like, the guy that I liked for Red
1: Storm, which is the team they played first,
0: uh, was Jesse Hall from Crawfordsville. Yep, and I was, was going to talk about him too. Okay, go for it. Go.
1: It, it, well, what kind of uh, got me thinking about him was when you were talking about. Uh, who were you talking about that wasn't really playing with a high motor? Oh, Owen Dees. Yeah, I felt like that's how Jesse Hall kind of played, unfortunately, in some really? some of his game, the second game at least, because he, okay. he was he was interesting to me in that first game also, with his the his size and athleticism and, but I feel like he was just a little disengaged to some in that second game or and I and I don't know what was going on. Man.
0: You know, it's it's tough in the summer. If if you're not really sometimes kids do get adrift mentally. Yeah. You know, when you're playing multiple games in a day and and they're not they're not physically tired, but they're they're and I don't know that the fatigue is, is set in yet. Now it might be this week because everybody's been freaking off or there's not been a whole lot of basketball for three months. Yeah. So um He's a kid where motor has not been an issue in the past. I I don't, you know, he's, I think he could post more, especially at Crawford. I mean, for he plays at Crawfordsville, I think he's a kid that could get more done in the post, but I don't know that that's where his future is. Now, maybe he is probably maximizes his potential as what we would consider to be a skilled power forward. Yeah. I think he views himself more as a three and there's nothing wrong with that at this level. I've coached a lot of kids that, that, you know, you, you want, they, they want to expand their game. You want them to expand their game. You want to give them the opportunity to do that. I'm coaching a kid like that now. Um, But you've also got to measure it in terms of don't go away from where you can also be successful in real time, you know, and, and, if it's an area where he could also be successful at it in college, and I, I think Jesse Hall is the to clarify the kid's name. Jesse Hall is a kid that I think at a Division two level and an AI level can definitely be a a guy who can post up in certain matchups. Oh yeah, for sure. but then also a guy who yeah who can catch in isolation, make plays, and and eventually be a guy who also has consistent three point range and and. You know, but when I see him play Crawfordsville, their conference games are are competitive. You know, there's a, there's a decent amount of athleticism in their conference game. Their non-conference games, there's just not much there. Yeah. And and that's that's the game I saw him play it was against Southmont, whose best talent is a freshman. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it was not. Uh, it was. It was it was an ugly. It was an ugly game. Ugly ugly early february game when it's freaking five below zero out and you're driving out in the middle of nowhere yeah so
1: Um, yeah he's somebody i'd like to see again
0: for sure though yeah he he got all the tools and, and looks great and i and i do think that he's a kid that he's real close in a lot of things yeah real close and just so looking forward to him being able to get over that hump. We'll keep going with what you've, what you saw in the afternoon game. All
1: right. Um, Indiana game select 2022. This is where Travis Grayson comes in. You got to play against him. Uh, We've, we've kind of mentioned him a little bit. We had an article about him this week. Uh, Yep. uh, We both agree that outside shooting is something we haven't seen from him. And we'd like to see from him. Other than that, I mean, he'll get into the paint he'll pass he'll hit that floater on you but just that outside shot is something we'd like to see from him he he didn't even look no he didn't even look for it yeah. in our game yeah
0: you know and our basic assessment of him is that he's that he loves to get downhill and he looks he looks for contact you know he's not afraid of it yep I know you've, you've, you've referred, well, your first word, your articles, I'm sitting here looking at it It's bulldog. Yeah. And that's, and that's about it. You know, I mean, that's, that's very, uh, very true. I liked, I liked how he handled possessions. Um, you know, the one thing to keep in mind this past weekend is we played in running, running clock games. So none of the stats are going to be indicative of of anything that would look like a realistic game. We we beat him 39 to 34. Um neither team both teams looked to play fast. I always look to play fast. We lost our second game in the 40s. We lost 48 to 45. Um you know, most of the games were in that 40 to 50 range. Um we definitely tried to pack things in against them uh, mostly because we, we wanted to make Grayson prove that he could hit the shots and felt that he was their best perimeter player. Yeah. Plus they had, they had a size advantage over us that, that did not get exploited a little bit. It did, but not enough, you know, like anything, the post-up is <laughs> not the most efficient way to, to go these days. Yeah. And it, and it showed, I don't, I don't want to say we gave it to him, but, we try to do some different things against their size, uh, Barone, and yeah, and I, you know, it was the, their their power forward types. I mean, our guys are Ben Davis and Carmel kids, so it's not like even though we're giving up an inch probably in each each matchup, it's not like we're losing a whole lot. Yeah, in terms of talent, sure. Um, but you know. Lincoln Tomei was the kid that worried me, especially in the beginning of the game. He came out and hit a th- couple of threes and I was like, we've got to make sure we keep this kid in check. And and we, we did change how we cover him off screens. Um, and we were able to get him a little bit more under control in the second half. Not that he went off on us, uh, but that was the kind of kid that you know, you kind of let him get going. And, yeah. And next thing you know, he's five or six threes into it. We just didn't want that to happen. So luckily I've got a couple kids who can defend and we, we were playing without our best athlete on the perimeter this past weekend, but um, we still got a couple kids who can really get after it. And I thought we adjusted well to his shooting, Tomei's shooting, that is. Um, But I thought we did a pretty good job on Grayson. I, I do like him. I, I see what you like in him. Yeah. And, uh, but he's got to be able to shoot the ball better for and sure. he's got to be able to, he's got to be able to be that threat because it's just too easy to go under. They didn't set a ton of ball screens, but it's just way too easy for them to go, to go underneath ball screens. Yep. And they didn't have a major rim run threat or they didn't, they weren't exploiting it. That's for sure. Yeah. So anytime they did set ball screens, we had no problem Um. keeping a track, keeping an eye on Tomei while while. Not getting burned on the at the rim, and and keeping Grayson in check, and and ultimately, I think that's where we were we were able to continue to you know get the lead or get the lead and continue to hold him off at the end. So, did any of their big stand out to you? I mean, great. I mean, Baroni got some got some good looks. Just I mean, six ten. Yeah. You know, and you can definitely see that he has improved his footwork from from last summer. Yeah. And he it's a slow process for him when it goes from catch to shot, and we definitely had to change we definitely weren't gonna let him just catch it after a couple of catches uh-huh. we we I'm never a guy that likes to play just behind the post um there's some things that we try to do with biggs um but we um he was able to get some catches uh, us against us in the post with us behind him because we weren't guarding early. We weren't guarding well early in the possession. We like to talk about post defenses. Do your work early, and he we weren't doing that. And I think once we started changing that, making his t- his catches a little tougher, we were able to dig on him a little bit. Uh, that that helped a lot, just because he had four inches on anybody we've got right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Did any of the, their other kids stand out like Devontae Ash and no. And uh,
1: Bullock Bullock the did Bullock. yeah, the jail Bullock from Michigan City maybe a little bit, but uh not not too terribly much unfortunately. But see, he's not 6-6. Yeah. And he's listed at 6-6. Our kid from Ben Davis is bigger than him.
0: Um and that's not his fault right right <laughs> he's that he's listed at 6'6 and maybe he's not he's not um but yeah ash and, and price price is huge oh yeah and he's probably taller he's listed at 6'6 and he's probably taller than six they've got three guys listed at 6'6 yeah. one of them's 6'5 one of them's 6'7 yeah and uh price jr is is 6'7 and he's freaking huge yeah
1: yeah, in the games I saw, he didn't. He couldn't. He wasn't able to do too much either, though. I mean, I'd kill to have a kid like that right now, though. Yeah, you would.
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of what we're missing. Is just that one, that one big kid who can just go out there and be a body. And yeah, and yeah. You know, I I don't know. I I thought they could do more off-ball screen action than than what they did. I mean, not not that Baroni's ever going to be a rim run guy. But and I, I was impressed with his his improv his improvement with his back of the basket. Um but he's you know he's being guarded by one power forward and, and two small forwards. That's that's basically what we've got inside right exactly. now. Exactly. As as much as I like our kids up front, um there's not a whole lot of size in the twenty twenty three class. And and while we've got we've got some rotations we can put out there where we're we're kind of big at every position. Uh, we're definitely not big or we're, we're big one through four. We're not big at the five spot and probably will, will not be for a long time. So um, any guys off my group
1: that you liked? Uh, Yeah. Who did we talk about earlier? Which kid was that? Was that Lucas Parker?
0: Uh, I was, I thought Ferris was okay. who you were referring to. It yeah, depends. Ferris. Was it the shooter? Or was it the kid that was, I mean LP's probably one of the better shooters in the 2023 class. Okay. 6-4, long. Um does a really good job of scoring off the dribble. He's he's got to improve defensively. Um and and eventually he'll put on and keep keep weight on. He's a thin kid. <laughs> um and you know, but Ferris was the kid that I thought was our best player both games, 6'6 six, six kid from Ben Davis. Uh, he scored well. He hit a couple threes over the weekend, which is a, a new thing for him, at least in terms of what I saw during the school season. But he's a freshman. He's a freshman getting four or five starts at Ben Davis during the year at the varsity level. Not bad. He's not getting a lot of touches. Yeah. You know, so um, I loved him during the season because he just laid out somebody um, can't remember if it was the Brownsburg game. I think it was the Brownsburg game where one of those guys. I think it was the, one of their, their seniors um, cut through the paint, and Jesse just kind of laid him out, uh, uh, chucking him. He wasn't guarding him. He was guarding. Uh, he was. He was probably guarding uh, um, one of their big kids, and, the, and then this kid, this wing cut. It wasn't Pierce, but this other kid cut through the paint. and He just. Chucked him, put him on the ground and no foul called. So I was like, I'm all in. I love, I love his aggressiveness. Uh, He averaged nine, you know, he got nine rebounds, both of our games. So he rebounds his position extremely well. And like I said, he hit a corner three in the first game. He had a pick and pop three in the second game. Uh, Shot mechanics are, are good. Uh, He just needs to continue to work and, and make it a more consistent part of his game. And, and as he does that, you know he'll be he'll be used more in that way. So, uh-huh. um, and then we've got Spencer White from Carmel, six five forward, who's you know a lot of does a lot of good things. He, he's a good shooter. He did not shoot the ball well this past weekend, uh, he's, but he is normally a good shooter. His shot mechanics are nice. Um, led us an assist this past weekend, uh, which considering he is basically. Playing the three and the four for us, and sometimes the five. Which, in what we're doing with our motion, we're pure motion. We don't really have a, a post. We don't have a post up guy. We've got, we've got guys who rim run in the post ups. Um, and and Spence can be one of those guys, but we run a ton of offense through him, uh, both in our motion and in terms of our uh, some of our set pieces. And he's a kid that that can handle all that like mentally he can handle all that he's we have no problem with him rebounding and running so he can rip and run off a rebound um he's he's extremely skilled six five kid for carmel and in what is a talented freshman class so anybody else off our group that you liked um there was two i thought there were two
1: guys did you mention moles i did not and i think that would that might have been the other other kid that's the, the small guard. Yeah.
0: Um, he is he is definitely improved a lot since I saw him first as a, as an incoming eighth grader. What I liked about him is his intensity. He's competitive on defense now. Um, he is he is one of the best shooters in the class, and at six feet. We've we've got a kid that wasn't there this past weekend, Preston Roberts from Noblesville, who I think will certainly impress people. Um, and what I like about Dylan is that we can play Dylan at the point, we can play Dylan with Preston, and then we can play Dylan with Isaac Higgs from Evansville Rights. And he's he's very good with or without the basketball, and a lot of the the without the basketball part is because he's such a good shooter. So. Um, but we're, we try to be pretty balanced. So sometimes we don't always have guys that stand out, especially in a open, in a running clock game where we're only scoring in the low, in the late, the high 30s or low 40s. Yeah, for sure. So definitely nobody's standing out statistically other than the fact that Ferris and Spencer White both, I thought, rebounded the ball extremely well this past weekend. So uh, going on with, with the rest of what you saw in the afternoon games now that you're
1: okay. through my group. Yeah, yeah. Um another person for the game select 2022 uh that kind of stood out to me just a little bit was Brees walls from valpo uh in that second game more so I think than the than your game uh okay I was gonna say because I don't yeah definitely not <laughs> yeah I don't yours <laughs> you guys shut down the point guards pretty well in that in your game i we've got kids
0: the, they guard yeah. and I got and I've got a kid named Jared bonds from Carmel who I can put on a lot of people yeah and he'll do a, He's six five. He he does a lot of good things defensively, and would like to see him score more. Definitely, but defensively, he's sort of our. He's our utility guy. We can put him on just about anybody. We put him on. Um, we we put him on uh, in our second game against. I'm going to look it up, but the, we'll get to it later probably. But the kid from, uh, Indiana Ice that that beat us in the second game. There's six seven kid six 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 seven kid that's um, good athlete. We put him on him and and he was done rebounding the rest of the game. Now, unfortunately, the other kid got the rebounds, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was pretty much our demise. But um, especially you know what, what ended up being a one possession game. So, but yeah, go on. I'm sorry, go on with balls. Right. Yeah, yeah
1: uh, definitely capable point guard. A very unselfish. He's definitely a pass first kind of kid too. Uh, solid defender. Was getting in passing lanes in that second game. Uh, finished at the rim a couple times. But yeah, just a just, he just had a solid second game. Kind of stood out a little bit to me in that that second one. Uh, and then in that second that last game, they also played uh, Team Focus Twenty Twenty Two Premier, who happens to have Connor Asiedu on it, and he was shooting like crazy in that game quick shot always ready to go with it quick hands on defense also for Connor he's he's really improved since I feel like I've seen him in the season this year just his shot is unbelievably quick can hit it coming off screens can hit it set he's good good really stood out to me and then Ashton Johnson on that same team from Fort Wayne south bigger point bigger shooting guard he can handle the ball a little bit also he had a good a good game.
0: See, we didn't, and we didn't get, I didn't get a chance to see them play. And, and Casey Adams and I, the, he, Casey runs that program and he and I are, are really good friends and go back about a decade. And, and the, the bad thing about our schedule was it coincided with their schedule. Yep. We, we both played the same two teams. Yep. So we, in other words, we didn't get a chance to watch each other, each other play. And so I didn't get a chance to watch Connor play. So, that's something that I've got to figure out going forward, um, at least heading into the what what is now. It looks like we're going to be able to have a full, somewhat of a full slate of basketball the rest of the rest of the summer. So, um, did you get a chance to watch the Grand Park premiere twenty twenty three group at all? Uh, no, I did not. They, the guy that impressed me the most was was Joey Hart. And, and really, what really impressed me actually was on, on Sunday when I watched them play down here in Indy. His dad's the head coach at Linton. His grandfather was the head coach at Duggar when we were coaching. That was when they had the uh, Brody Boyd, oh, yeah. uh, Jared Chambers group um, coached against him when we were at Eminence. And... You know Joey's had a lot of success. The Joey Hart, senior, has had a lot of success at Linton. Linton's been has taken full advantage of class basketball over the years, especially the last decade. And and his kid, uh, a a reputed very good shooter. But what impressed me this past weekend was how quick his first step is, and how he's able to get to the rim or, or get into a little mid range shot, and really opened my eyes as to how good he could be. I don't know how much bigger he's gonna get. He is thin. That's gotta get better. <laughs> um we we could make jokes about and he may be the only thin male in that family right now, but <laughs> um but he was he was impressive this weekend and I, I loved how he moves out the basketball. They, they do a lot of stuff for him. It becomes pretty apparent that he is a big part of what they do offensively. Uh, Christian Johnson, who's a point guard from, from Heritage Park or Park Heritage, sorry, uh, which is basically the Rockville Turkey run consolidation. Um, Christian is a six foot, six foot one inch point guard with good length and strong. He's a, an early maturing kid. So you know, he's going to have to change how he controls games. He can't just be the biggest kid on the, on the court anymore. Um, and he knows to hit he knows to look for heart. I I just can't tell you how impressed with heart I was this past weekend. And, um, you know, they were pretty competitive. Jalen Mullen is a guard from North Davies who, um, who's who's a pretty quick kid and and a decent shooter, didn't shoot much from the games I saw, either up in Lafayette or down in Indy on Sunday. Um but also again a kid that understood let's get the ball to heart. And I, I Sunday especially Hart was was really impressive and and he um I mean, I bet he had 22, 23 points the game I watched, scoring a lot of different ways. Catch and shoot, hit one shot where he shot faked and sidestepped, staying behind the three-point line and hitting that shot. He drove. Um, and his catch and shoots, I mean, he's coming off screens. He's not just getting penetration and kickouts. He's he's coming off screens and getting his feet set. Yeah, he was – of the, of the freshman – that I saw this past weekend, especially of the kids that I'm not coaching. He was as impressive as anybody. um, With the one exception of the kid from Ohio that plays for uh, Indiana elite, one of the Indiana elite teams um, whose name I don't, don't know. And will probably never (laughs) remember. So uh, because he's out of state, but um, yeah, really impressed with Joey Hart and, so, anything else off of those afternoon games? No, that was all I had written down for the afternoon games. Okay. Well, you know, the good news is, is we're playing basketball. Uh, there, there's games again this weekend. We'll have a chance to watch. We're going to be down in Indy. I'm not sure. You you've got your reunion this weekend, correct? Yes,
1: I do in Grand Rapids. Are you going to be
0: able to? Are you are you going to be able to get to games on Sunday, or is it? Are you going to be up there all weekend? Yeah,
1: probably up there all weekend. Unfortunately,
0: Let's say we're discussing work stuff here in, on a public forum. Yeah. So, and and that's fine. I, I don't think we'll get too deep into stuff until until July when when events will. You know, because te- I mean, technically, like the Fort Wayne stuff this past weekend was was supposed to be contained to parents only. Um, Indianapolis, the event down here, run by uh, USA Youth Hoops, which is effectively Indiana Elite their event was supposed to be to parents only. Um, I was able to get in, which was great. Um, the, the event in Lafayette for those who didn't know was restricted to five parents per team and basically 17 people per program. So you you had, you had nine guys and two coaches, um, like I did, you could get six parents in, you know, um, If you had 10 guys and one coach and you could put two parents down as assistants, then you could get five, you could get uh, five parents in. And that's kind of how we handle things. So, um, I thought having the college coaches up at Lafayette was a plus. I know we talked about that earlier. Um, it's not easy telling parents, you can't come watch your kid. No, I bet not. But, but all the games up there were streamed live so they were able to be watched in real time. We streamed our games live, um, directly. We, we posted our games, uh, a live feed on Facebook. That was nice. Uh, so, you know, that, that was mostly because we were able to get in to tap into uh, Wi-Fi there at the, at the facility up at legacy courts. Um, you know, if you if if you're with a program that has your games and, and you're being able to play, um, you, where you can have a good cell signal, or you can tap into a pro, you know facilities Wi-Fi. Um, if I'm a program, I'm creating, making sure I have a Facebook page, and, and not not your own personal page, but your own program page, and you're streaming your games. Uh, because right now, college coach Division One, Division Two coaches can't come out and watch. Every other level can come out and watch, but, but not division one, division two. So especially if you've got kids you think are at that level, uh, my recommendation would be is plan on streaming some of your games or as many games as you can because, um, it's going to be a good tool and it's also going to be a good, a good resource to archive your games. Yeah. So we've, we've got, we've got two games online. Coaches will be able to watch and play, um. And by the end of it, we're going to have all of our games there, even if we just film them ourselves directly and post them on Facebook later. That's the worst case scenario for us. So um, hopefully other programs are taking advantage of that. So,
1: yeah, a lot of college coaches like full game tapes. They don't want just your just highlight tapes from kids.
0: I I don't know of anybody that wants highlight tapes yeah, only. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. I could look I could look good in the highlight. Tapes. <laughs> right. I mean, I think there's certain things that you can display in a highlight tape. You can certainly see shot mechanics. You can put on some display athleticism, uh, but without any context whatsoever, just putting together a highlight package and send it to colleges is, yeah. is pretty fruitless. Um, it might prompt a college coach saying, "Hey, can I get some game tape?" But if you're if you're looking, especially if you're an incoming senior, My, my recommendation to you would be, get as much game tape as you can. Exactly, and I I don't hate. I don't want to go against guys that are doing highlight films because they're fun to watch. They're cool. I love the production value in them. But at the end of the day, game film is the way to go from a recruiting perspective. That's for sure. Um, anything else from the weekend? I don't think so. I mean, I mean that pretty much covers it on my end i i'm glad we're playing and uh, looking forward to playing again this weekend we're going to be down here in indianapolis uh we're either going to play or practice on friday <laughs> and then play over the then play over the weekend and um and then we're, we're going to take a couple of weeks off because it's traditional moratorium week and we're giving those guys the week off we've been going pretty heavily for four weeks um and um, then we're going to hit july so but this weekend looking forward to watching some more basketball so yeah Bazak, zach have a good weekend up in grand rapids with your family reunion yeah. i think we're going to yeah. have some more uh, articles this week yes we will uh, looking forward to yeah looking forward to getting some more first impression articles up a couple i know i've gotten a couple written that are in the queue that will be uh probably published later this week and and um we will eventually be going to a paywall for our website, which is something we need to start preparing people for But as part of that paywall, uh, you will get a chance to see all of our evaluations from the weekend or from weekend events. We'll have an events page for each event that we attend. Even if, I mean, obviously if, even if it's separate events yep. that, that we go to and we, and we start to add uh, riders and, and sets of eyes. Um, but we will eventually have, uh, once we go paywall, we will be able to have uh, events page for each events where they can see all the evaluations that we put up directly from the games or directly from events like later in the fall when we start having some more camps and uh, events of that nature. So uh, but right now we are we're, we're done with this podcast. I appreciate your time, Zach, as always. Yeah, Thanks. Um, we are courtside indiana podcast it's subscribable through apple Podcasts as as well as spotify you get a chance to give us a rating and a review we greatly appreciate it and until next week thank you for listening to the courtside indiana podcast